When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. This is Joe and Amber, but bringing you Joe and Amber each and every night, that's boring. That's what you expect. So we've decided to spice things up this week. Michelle Smallman in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. You can find her on social at M. Smallman. You can find me as well at Amber W. Sports. And Michelle, I'm sure we're all exhausted talking about Damian Lillard. Me less so than most because I have the whole Miami Heat hope still in me, although maybe dimmed a little bit after the news today. The news that we got today coming off of the meetings yesterday we knew Damian Lillard and his agent were meeting with Joe Cronin and the brass of the Portland Trailblazers and then we heard nothing it was crickets by the time I was on air last night and I thought that's probably not a good sign because if he was going to force a trade and demand that they sent him to Miami I feel like we would have heard something coming out of that meeting instead we heard from Brian Windhorst today and he said the exact opposite of what Miami Heat Nation wants to hear here is the ESPN NBA insider on get up well this was the meeting that a lot of the league was watching to see if Damian Lillard requested a trade and he absolutely did not in fact from what I understand the tenor of the meeting was that he doesn't want to put pressure on the Blazers that he wants to see what they do in free agency and he's going to give them that time to do that so this is an interesting strategy move he said at the end of the season get me veterans the draft came and went no veterans he's still not pressing from what I have been told that he is still going to give the Blazers every opportunity to work through this free agency process this week, whether it's through trades or signing players. Now, I will tell you that this is going to potentially cause some teams that were going to make offers for him to have to move on with business. They were waiting to see whether Dame Lillard was going to be on the market before they started to make moves this week. Now, some teams are going to have to make a decision, either go forward or wait around. It's certainly a move. It's, I guess, not surprising considering the way Dame has operated with the Blazers now for years, but it did take some people in the league by surprise that he didn't go forward with what everyone was expecting him to do. So, Michelle, I don't know if you're like Kendrick Perkins and sick of talking about Damian Lillard, but it ain't over yet. I can't wait, Amber, to hear your Miami Heat side of this because I wonder where your mindset is and where Miami Heat Nation's mindset is after Damian Lillard and the Portland Trail Blazers reportedly recommitted to one another. But, Amber, I'm not sick of this because I still can't quite understand it. Part of me really respects Dame's loyalty. I know that he's been there for the entirety of his career. He's comfortable there. He he and his family are comfortable there. He really wants to win there. But I almost feel as if I'm watching The Notebook. You know, you remember that movie, The Notebook, where you're like, okay, so you have this very passionate relationship with this guy, but then there's this amazing other guy that wants to be with you. You could go be with him and have a really comfortable, awesome life. But instead, you're going to stick in this situation that while you feel passionately about it, it's probably not the best choice. And, and I know you probably did. relationship that she left the perfectly yes. good fiance for. It is a highly overrated movie. 
agree. I am absolutely on the same page. Michelle, you. you and I just became best friends. Uh, Amber, we are best friends. Can't wait to get cocktails and dive into the notebook further later. You probably didn't think we were going to open the show talking about the notebook, but that's what I get from Dame. I'm looking at the Miami Heat, and I'm looking at a guy who's given this organization his all. He's given this city his all, but it just quite hasn't worked out. They draft Scoot Henderson with the number three overall pick. They kind of put their flag in the sand about what they're going to do in the future. This is the time for him to leave. This is the time for him to pick the stable path where he has the best chance to get a championship at this stage in his career. But yet, Amber, here we are talking about he and Portland still committing to one another. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out either. But at some point, if Lillard just loves living in Portland, you know, if his kids are in school in Portland, if the wife likes being in Portland, whatever it is, I don't even know uh, his personal business here. But let's just assume it's about I love where I'm at. I love the organization. I love my life. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Just tell us that. Stop giving us this song and dance about, well, I want to be on a contender. And it's like you're toting the line here where you say you want to win a championship and be on a contender. But then also you're incredibly committed to the Portland Trailblazers. But also you don't want them to rebuild around you because you don't want them to take that at much time. But also you're not going to leave when they draft Scoot Henderson and they don't trade away that number three pick. Like pick (laughs) something, bro. And just let us know. I know Perk said, I think it was today on first take, he might have said it, where he said that he feels like at some point here, Damian Lillard is trolling us. And I'm starting to wonder that as well. I will tell you from the Miami Heat angle, though, this doesn't change a lot for me from the Heat perspective. Now, it's not what we wanted to hear. If you're a Heat fan, what you wanted was you wanted Damian Lillard to not be Damian Lillard, and you wanted him to walk into Joe Cronin's office yesterday and demand a trade and demand it only to the Miami Heat because I'm not going to pay for Bro- or play for Brooklyn even when they offer more picks than Miami. That clearly didn't happen. Also, that's not Damian Lillard's style. And I think at this point we can all figure that's not how this is going to happen. But if you are the Miami Heat, you're probably still looking at this situation and you're thinking, okay, we're, we can be patient. We were just in the NBA finals. We're trying to swing for the fences here. This is our time to go ahead and wait everybody else out. Now, some of these other teams that might want to make offers might feel like they need to move on. You just heard Wendy say that in that soundbite where we now you're starting free agency this week some of those teams might think we need to move on because we can't count on Damian Lillard becoming available Miami don't actually need to move on they can just run it back and also get back a healthy Tyler Hero this time like they were just in the NBA final they're good enough to make it to an NBA finals two times in the last four years so if you're the heat you have all the time in the world really Yeah, they're in a comfortable position, but I know that they're looking at Damian Lillard and thinking this is the piece that gets us to where we want to go. This is the piece that takes us from we're going to get to the NBA Finals as an eight seed to we're in the conversation and a higher seed, and we think that we're going to be there when the confetti falls at the end. But Amber, I wonder how much of this is immediacy and optics because yes they had a positive meeting and clearly Portland told him everything he needs to hear and everything that he's saying is I want to be there we haven't heard anything else from Dame other than I am committed to Portland but you know he did have a little bit of the Instagram live the my you know welcome to Miami playing in the background you had Jimmy Butler posting the Dame Dalla there's been some flirtation online maybe they are trolling us I don't know but just because right now They say they're committed to one another does not mean that things could not change quickly. This is the NBA and things change very fast in this league. 
And what they said was they are committed to each other and he's going to see how it plays out in free agency, right? And how it might play out in free agency is, oh, by the way, they still can't do anything to build around you because they're going to try to build around Scoot Henderson because they've got a decade to build around Scoot Henderson. And Damian Lillard, they have to try to win right now. So if they can't do something crazy like trade for a Zion Williamson and then also Zion be perfectly healthy and be able to play the entire season, like something short of that happening, then I don't know... They're, if they're going to be able to do anything to appease him here, frankly, in free agency. So we're going to be just doing this song and dance longer. I know there are reports out there that apparently Damian Lillard now wants them to get Draymond Green. I mean, I, I don't, Draymond Green, Damian, like Draymond's a good player, but like I, Draymond Green and Damian Lillard together on this, they're still not winning a championship. I still don't understand the philosophy when you're building from the ground up. You're bringing in another older guy on the back end of his career. It doesn't really make any sense to me. So we will see. We are far from, I think the final finish line here of us no longer having to talk about Damian Lillard being in a different uniform at some point. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Michelle Smallman filling in for Joe Fortbaugh tonight. Speaking of Windhorse, what does he know about the Cleveland Cavaliers? We will try to figure that out. It's what, pointer fingers in the air? Ryan Windhorse, he's back to his old antics. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is Joe and Amber, but bringing you Joe and Amber each and every night, that's boring. That's what you expect. So we've decided to spice things up this week. Michelle Smallman in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. You can find her on social at M. Smallman. You can find me as well at Amber W. Sports. And Michelle, I'm sure we're all exhausted talking about Damian Lillard. Me less so than most because I have the whole Miami Heat hope still in 
me, although maybe dimmed a little bit after the news today. The news that we got today, coming off of the meetings yesterday, we knew Damian Lillard and his agent were meeting with Joe Cronin and the brass of the Portland Trailblazers. And then we heard nothing. It was crickets by the time I was on air last night. And I thought that's probably not a good sign because if he was going to force a trade and demand that they sent him to Miami, I feel like we would have heard something coming out of that meeting. Instead, we heard from Brian Windhorst today, and he said the exact opposite of what Miami Heat Nation wants to hear. Here is the ESPN NBA insider on GetUp. Well, this was the meeting that a lot of the league was watching to see if Damian Lillard requested a trade, and he absolutely did not. In fact, from what I understand, the tenor of the meeting was that he doesn't want to put pressure on the Blazers, that he wants to see what they do in free agency, and he's going to give them that time to do that. So this is an interesting strategy move. He said at the end of the season, get me veterans. The draft came and went, no veterans. He's still not pressing from what I have been told, that he is still going to give the Blazers every opportunity to work through this free agency process this week, whether it's through trades or signing players. Now, I will tell you that this is going to potentially cause some teams that were going to make offers for him to have to move on with business. They were waiting to see whether Dame Lillard was going to be on the market before they started to make moves this week. Now, some teams are going to have to make a decision, either go forward or wait around. It's certainly a move. It's, I guess, not surprising considering the way Dame has operated with the Blazers now for years, but it did take some people in the league by surprise that he didn't go forward with what everyone was expecting him to do. So, Michelle, I don't know if you're like Kendrick Perkins and sick of talking about Damian Lillard, but it ain't over yet. I can't wait, Amber, to hear your Miami Heat side of this because I wonder where your mindset is and where Miami Heat Nation's mindset is after Damian Lillard and the Portland Trail Blazers reportedly recommitted to one another. But, Amber, I'm not sick of this because I still can't quite understand it. Part of me really respects Dame's loyalty. I know that he's been there for the entirety of his career. He's comfortable there. He he and his family are comfortable there. He really wants to win there. But I almost feel as if I'm watching The Notebook. You know, you remember that movie, The Notebook, where you're like, okay, so you have this very passionate relationship with this guy, but then there's this amazing other guy that wants to be with you. You could go be with him and have a really comfortable, awesome life. But instead, you're going to stick in this situation that while you feel passionately about it, it's probably not the best choice. And I know you probably did. relationship that she left the perfectly good fiance for. It is a highly overrated movie. I am absolutely on the same page. Michelle, you. you and I just became best friends. Uh, Amber, we are best friends. Can't wait to get cocktails and dive into the notebook further later. You probably didn't think we were going to open the show talking about the notebook, but that's what I get from Dame. I'm looking at the Miami Heat, and I'm looking at a guy who's given this organization his all. He's given this city his all, but it just quite hasn't worked out. They draft Scoot Henderson with the number three overall pick. They kind of put their flag in the sand about what they're going to do in the future. This is the time for him to leave. This is the time for for him to pick the stable path where he has the best chance to get a championship at this stage in his career. But yet, Amber, here we are talking about he and Portland still committing to one another. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out either. But at some point, if Lillard just loves living in Portland, you know, if his kids are in school in Portland, if the wife likes being in Portland, whatever it is, I don't even know uh, his personal business here. But let's just assume it's about I love where I'm at. I love the organization. I love my life. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Just tell us that. Stop giving us this song and dance about, well, I want to be on a contender. And it's like you're toting the line here where you say you want to win a championship and be on a contender, but then also 
also you're incredibly committed to the Portland Trailblazers, but also you don't want them to rebuild around you because you don't want them to take that much time. But also you're not going to leave when they draft Scoot Henderson and they don't trade away that number three pick. Like pick <laughs> something, bro, and just let us know. I know Perk said, I think it was today on first take, he might have said it, where he said that he feels like at some point here Damian Lillard is trolling us. And I'm starting to wonder that as well. I will tell you from the Miami Heat angle, though, this doesn't change a lot for me from the Heat perspective. Now, it's not what we wanted to hear. If you're a Heat fan, what you wanted was you wanted Damian Lillard to not be Damian Lillard, and you wanted him to walk into Joe Cronin's office yesterday and demand a trade and demand it only to the Miami Heat because I'm not going to pay for Bro- or play for Brooklyn even when they offer more picks than Miami. That clearly didn't happen. Also, that's not Damian Lillard's style, and I think at this point we can all figure that's not how this is going to happen. But if you are the Miami Heat, you're probably still looking at this situation and you're thinking, okay, we're, we can be patient. We were just in the NBA Finals. We're trying to swing for the fences here. This is our time to go ahead and wait everybody else out. Now, some of these other teams that might want to make offers might feel like they need to move on. You just heard Wendy say that in that soundbite, where we now, you're starting free agency this week. Some of those teams might think we need to move on because we can't count on Damian Lillard becoming available. Miami don't actually need to move on. They can just run it back and also get back a healthy Tyler Hero this time. Like they were just in the NBA final. They're good enough to make it to an NBA finals two times in the last four years. So if you're the Heat, you have all the time in the world, really. Yeah, they're in a comfortable position, but I know that they're looking at Damian Lillard and thinking this is the piece that gets us to where we want to go. This is the piece that takes us from we're going to get to the NBA Finals as an eight seed to we're in the conversation and a higher seed, and we think that we're going to be there when the confetti falls at the end. But Amber, I wonder how much of this is immediacy and optics because yes they had a positive meeting and clearly Portland told him everything he needs to hear and everything that he's saying is I want to be there we haven't heard anything else from Dame other than I am committed to Portland but you know he did have a little bit of the Instagram live the my you know welcome to Miami playing in the background you had Jimmy Butler posting the Dame Dalla there's been some flirtation online maybe they are trolling us I don't know but just because right now They say they're committed to one another does not mean that things could not change quickly. This is the NBA and things change very fast in this league. And what they said was they are committed to each other and he's going to see how it plays out in free agency, right? And how it might play out in free agency is, oh, by the way, they still can't do anything to build around you because they're going to try to build around Scoot Henderson because they've got a decade to build around Scoot Henderson. And Damian Lillard, they have to try to win right now. So if they can't do something crazy like, trade for a Zion Williamson and then also Zion be perfectly healthy and be able to play the entire season. Like something short of that happening, then I don't know they're, if they're going to be able to do anything to appease him here, frankly, in free agency. So we're going to be just doing this song and dance longer. I know there are reports out there that apparently Damian Lillard now wants them to get Draymond Green. I mean, I, I don't, Draymond Green, Damian, like Draymond's a good player, but like Draymond Green, Damian Lillard together on this, they're still not winning a championship. I still don't understand the philosophy when you're building from the ground up, you're bringing in another older guy on the back end of his career. It doesn't really make any sense to me. So we will see. We are far from, I think, 
the final finish line here of us no longer having to talk about Damian Lillard being in a different uniform at some point. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Michelle Smallman filling in for Joe Fortbaugh tonight. Speaking of Windhorse, what does he know about the Cleveland Cavaliers? We will try to figure that out. It's what, pointer fingers in the air? Brian Windhorse, he's back to his old antics. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Rolling along here on Joe and Amber. Michelle Smallman filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. Find her on social at msmallman. Find me as well at Amber W Sports. So NBA free agency is headed our way on Friday. That means all these rumors that we've been discussing since the season ended are about to heat up even more after Friday. So let's bring in some help unpacking all of the offseason news. ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins joining us. And Big Perk, I understand that you are sick and tired of talking about Damian Lillard. So let's talk about Damian Lillard because we heard today... <laughs> That from Wendy, that apparently after him and his agent meeting with Joe Cronin, they're all committed to each other. Everyone's happy again. They're thinking about moving forward together. And Dame's going to see what they do during free agency. Is Lillard just trolling us at this point? What is happening? Well, I, I think what's happening is, is that we want more for Dame than Dame actually want more for himself. And I think we have to realize that he's comfortable and he's where he want to be. Um, I think when you look at Portland, I think they need to add a few more vets because it's not a big free agent that they could go out and get or it's not like they <clears throat> they could trade for a Giannis Antetokounmpo or a Joel Embiid. So I think they're going to have faith and guys like Anthony Simons and, you know, the Scoot Henderson, who they just drafted, and hopefully Nurkic could be able to anchor a defense and just see where the chips fall. But I I actually like the idea of Dane going back because we watched this all this, this last season, um, two teams that actually put the world on notice. One was the Sacramento Kings, who started from the jump, and no one expected them to even make it to the postseason. I know I didn't, and they did that. Uh, Mike Brown, the first-year head coach, made those young guys buy in and believe in, in you know, into their system and to the way he wanted to play. Um, he put a key in De'Aaron Fox back to let give him the confidence to be a young rising superstar. And then look at the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, who 
we thought was just cruising through the uh, the the regular season. He turned it on, and then all of a sudden we saw Caleb Martin and and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess help the Miami Heat knock off two of the best teams in the league to get to the NBA Finals uh, in the Celtics and, and the Milwaukee Bucks. So, you know, it's hope there for Dame to probably reach the conference finals, but he's never going to win a championship in Portland. Let's be honest. Well, Perk, I want to stick with the Miami Heat there because there were a lot of rumors connecting Dame to Miami, but if he's really off the board and he's staying in Portland, what do the Heat do next? You know what? They got to move forward. Um, I think the first priority is make sure that they lock in and sign Gabe Bissett. I think he could be an elite six-man type guy in his league coming in off the bench, being able to give you 15 to 18 points a night on the average. Um, I love his on-the-ball defense, and I love his versatility offensively, the way that he's able to play off the ball and on the ball. But if I'm the Miami Heat, I try to go out and get a guy like Russell Westbrook. And I know you – you know you'll be asking, they'll be asking Russ to to take a huge discount, but it's just for one season because what the Miami Heat were lacking, they were lacking an explosive guard to get into the paint to create for others. And I think Russell Westbrook showed us that he still have that athleticism and that explosiveness with the ball in his hands to be able to get out and kick out to shooters. And the Miami Heat have shooters. And they have a live threat and Bam. And I could just imagine how good it would be with Russell Westbrook and Bam in the pick and roll because Russell Westbrook still could put so much pressure on the defense and the Miami he could get them for a low number this year and let Russ, you know, work and get back to where he needs to be. And that's being, you know, around that 15 to $20 million range. Perk, you did your best job just then on trying to sell me on Russell Westbrook. But when I had Damian Lillard uh, in my go? head, you know, it's it's real hard for me to go to but, to get excited about Westbrook but, when I had Lillard in my head. But look, but look, Amber, think about this though: if, if Paul George and Kawhi would have stayed, like if Kawhi would have stayed healthy, the Clippers really had a legitimate shot at beating the Phoenix Suns. Think about don't think about the Russell Westbrook that we saw in the Lakers uniform. Think about the Russell Westbrook that you saw in the Clippers uniform. That Russell Westbrook turned back the hands of time. And I think about why he did that and how he was able to do it is because you had a different coach in Ty Luke. Think about Russ under Eric Sposher. We will see a different version of Russell Westbrook and that Miami Heat team will be fun to watch. The pace will pick up. It would be more Duncan Robinson, find the threes, Jimmy Butler slashing to the bucket, where he don't have to be the primary ball handler. That would be great for the Heat for right now. Since y'all couldn't lay a dame, and not saying it can't happen, but I wouldn't wait on it. Perk, I got to ask you about another big name that's out there, and that's Draymond Green. If he leaves the Warriors, what is the best fit for him? Well, uh, I think we wish for thinking because. I don't believe he's going anywhere, but if he does leave the Warriors, I would love to see Draymond Green on the Phoenix Suns. Can you imagine with the big three that they have, even if it even if it required 
the Phoenix Suns to give up DeAndre Ayton and maybe a sign and trade for Draymond Green. I would love to see Draymond on that team, anchoring that defense, being a playmaker. He knows Kevin Durant really well. He go bring that tenacity, that leadership, that intensity that they would need night in and night out. That would be a, a match made in heaven, but it's not going to happen because he's the second most important player to the Golden State Warriors organization outside of Steph Curry. So they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they bring Draymond back. That luxury tax be darned for that Phoenix Suns team. ESPN NBA <laughs> analyst Kendrick Perkins joining us here on Joe and Amber. The 76ers are a team that they oh. feel like they need a little something extra perk to get past the second round, you know, of the postseason. Maybe making it to an Eastern Conference Finals should be on the list of things to do for the reigning MVP. Do you see a world where Joel Embiid gets sick and tired of this thing at some point and tries to force his yes. way out? Yes, yes. And I'm almost sick and tired of it. You know why? Because I'm starting to wonder who actually is the most important player in this franchise. We we know it should be Joel and B, but the way that this franchise is moving, they acting like it's James Harden. You know, they fired Doc Rivers because of him and James Harden relationship. And now all of a sudden, we're going into free agency, and there's so other, it's so many other guys that the Sixers could be pursuing. A guy like Fred Van Vliet or a guy like Kyrie Irving. You know, and they're just talking about how they want to bring back James Harden. It's going to come a time where Joel Embiid is going to start to wonder, hey, I didn't been loyal, I didn't been reliable, I didn't led the league in scoring in two consecutive years in a row, I won the MVP here. And the organization has failed me for surrounding me with the talent and pieces that I need to get it done. Forget getting to the finals and winning the NBA championship. They haven't even reached a conference finals yet. So, yes, I think the Philadelphia 76ers are in danger in losing Joel Embiid in the near future if they don't get it together. Well, Perk, what about James Harden? What do you think his future is? Should the Rockets bring him back? No, I think the Sixers should, but he has to understand it should be in the limited role. At some point, you're going to have to let Tyrese Maxey be the best version of Tyrese Maxey. It can't be James Harden with the ball in his hands and playing uh, the offense to his liking. That team needs to be a revolved around Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. But if I'm the Sixers, yes, I I, I would consider, and I, I should bring James Harden back. To be honest with you, Amber, they have no choice but to bring him back because they fired their head coach because of him. So they're going to bring him back. It's just what role and, and what, how much of the ball, like how much, how much is he going to be a ball-dominant player for them? And I think his role should be limited. He should be the third option and give the keys to Tyrese Maxey and let Joel and B continue to drive that vehicle over there. I think his role should be limited. I think that contract that they hand him should be pretty limited as well. Kendrick Perkins. Oh, facts. Yeah, facts. Uh, Perk, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Michelle Smallman filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, it's time to rank some stuff. We will do that. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. 
Joe and Amber, the podcast. We miss football so much here at ESPN Radio that we're ranking stuff. We're ranking NFL stuff as we try to make our way towards an NFL season to make it feel not so far away here at ESPN Radio. Let's do it. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Prescott has had a fantastic the windows my whole career. You want to win the Super Bowl. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank them. The number five running backs. Number five. My number five running back. It's kind of depressing, Michelle. Michelle Smallman filling in for Joe Fortin, but it's kind of depressing to do running backs. This is a position that I feel like has been downgraded in the NFL mm-hmm. to not the most fun position to play, at least in terms of getting that contract. But there are still some very good backs in the league. Jonathan Taylor is one of those. If he wasn't on such a cruddy team, and we remember what he did the year before last. This past season, it was a quote-unquote down year for Jonathan Taylor. He did fail to eclipse that 1,000-yard mark for that first time since his early high school days. Because of that, I have him at 5th. Certainly, if you had asked me where he was the year before, he would have shot up this list and been much higher than five. But Jonathan Taylor's worst season still yielded yielded four and a half yards per carry. He averaged more than three yards per carry after contact in every single one of his three NFL seasons so far. Jonathan Taylor is unbelievable. Hopefully, at some point, that Colts team will get it together and he'll look even more unbelievable at that position. Number four. Derrick Henry, another back that had a quote-unquote air quotes down year. Titans fans have gotten so used to him being so unbelievable that a down year for Derrick Henry looks like more than 1,500 yards rushing and 13 rushing touchdowns, which is a record for tied for second, I believe, in the NFL for rushing touchdowns this past season. Derrick Henry came back from injury. We thought he might be on the downturn. We know how things work here with running backs, but Derrick Henry showed us this past season that dude still has a ton left in the tank. He is still absolutely squarely a top five back in the league. Number three. This is where I get a little crazy. Michelle, okay. listen to, uh, where things get a little wild over here, okay? I'm bracing myself, Amber. Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers at number three. I don't think he's on anybody else's top five here from ESPN Radio today. I love how Austin Eckler commands that position in a dual threat capacity. And here's the thing. I set up this segment talking about the decline of the running back, right? Like that's not a position that I imagine kids growing up right now want to play because they're seeing what's happening with running backs and how they're treated Across the league where it's almost they're expendable after their rookie contracts. We'll just grab a new one and slot that guy in instead of paying the guy coming off of the rookie deal. And so I think that the position has to end up making its way into the future by advancing. And Austin Eckler feels like one of those advancements to me where, yes, he's still a very good rusher, but he is an unbelievable catcher. 177 catches over the last couple of seasons. That is a do-it-all kind of player. To me, and Austin Eckler looks like the future of the running back position. Number two. Josh Jacobs. I mean, I got to put Jacobs at the top of this list because 
He had that league leading 1,653 rushing yards last season, his second straight year with yards per carry average above four. And the thing is with Josh Jacobs is you can't tackle that dude. Like he has the most missed tackles compared to other backs in the league. And then also it's not just all the tackles that he breaks when you try to wrap him up, but it's also when you actually are trying to bring that dude down, he can just run through the pressure and still get yards after being wrapped up. It's unbelievable what he does. He's just unstoppable because even when you have stopped him, he's still going to go ahead and put up yards on you. So Josh Jacobs comes in at number two. Number one. And staying with the theme of the dual threat running back, my best running back in the NFL is still Christian McCaffrey. And I know what's happened here with McCaffrey and some of these injuries in his career. But when you're talking about pure talent at that position, It is unbelievable watching Christian McCaffrey play. When he is healthy, a Christian McCaffrey is absolutely unstoppable. And yes, he benefits from being in Shanahan's system. There are worse things than being in the perfect system for your unbelievable skill set. Another dual threat, do-it-all kind of guy out there, an unbelievable back. Christian McCaffrey is just unstoppable and phenomenal to watch. And I have one more before I wrap this up because I have an OLI. Delvin Cook is not on my list, Michelle, but if he wears a Dolphins uniform (laughs) next season, I'm kicking one of these guys off. Who's getting the boot, Amber? I don't know. Well, uh, TBD. (laughs) He goes straight to number one. Probably. Sorry, Christian. If he's a Dolphin, he's probably number one. That's What? But right now, he's not in the top five because he's not a Dolphin. I got to tell you, though, I respected that you put everyone on notice. You just outlined why you think all of these guys are so great, but they're all on notice. They're on notice. None of them are wearing Miami Dolphins uniform. I'm sure everybody was shocked that I didn't have some Miami angle here on my top five. So there you go. It becomes a Miami angle if Dalvin Cooks ends up signing with that team. What do you think of my list? I think it's a solid list. I do have a couple of uh, questions, Amber, mm-hmm, about the mm-hmm, list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if I'm putting together my list, we do have a lot of crossover Coming in at number five for me, I'm going Saquon Barkley. Okay. He's a young player. He is one of the stars in the league. You know, you mentioned that this is a depressing position, and not only because the running back position has been devalued, but so many of these guys, when I was looking at their numbers and I was kind of outlining why I think they're great, it's the caveat of when healthy, because that's mm-hmm. what the NFL does to these players. They squeeze as much out of them as they can get in the beginning, and a lot of them deal with injuries. But Saquon Barkley is still one of those dynamic players. He's really thrived in the Brian ball system so I have him coming in at number five that's Um, for a lot of people by the way Joe Fortenbaugh had him because Joe is filling in on Fitz and Harry all week if you miss Joe's voice you can find him there 12 to 3 Monday through Friday this week he had Saquon fifth on his list Freddie Fitz uh Freddie had him Freddie Coleman had him uh number one number one number one wow Saquon Barkley Well, he certainly makes my list, but he's coming in at number five. You had Jonathan Taylor five. I have him at number four. As you mentioned, he didn't eclipse that thousand yard mark, but still 4.5 yards per carry. If he was on a better team, I think we'd be talking about him maybe higher on the list. Coming in at number three for me, here's where my issue lies with you, Amber. Excuse me, where is one Nick Chubb on your list? I have him actually sixth on my list, so he's just outside of the top five. He would be sixth on my list. I got a little crazy with Austin Eckler ad, right? Like most people would have Nick Chubb in their top five, probably not Austin Eckler. Absolutely. I have Nick Chubb coming in at number three, King Henry at number two. Talk about 
just brute force. It doesn't matter what defensive scheme against him. He finds a way to get it done. King Henry coming in at number two for me. And then I have the same number one as you, that dual threat. Christian McCaffrey, CMC, thriving in that Kyle Shanahan offense. Until someone takes him out of that number one spot, he's firmly entrenched there for me. He's firmly entrenched there still for me, too. I, I understand why people now at this point might be a little bit more trepidatious about having him at number one. I know Carlin had had him at number one. Joe had him, I think, today at number two on his list. Uh, Freddie had him at number three. So I, it, it's pretty consistent across ESPN radio that CMC still very much making the list and most people still seeing him as a top three back. I mean, the Christian McCaffrey thing, he's just so electric and so fun to watch. But it's like how I had Austin Eckler on that list. I just think those backs that can do it all, it almost feels like to me that that has to be the direction that that position goes in order for those guys to become so unique that they can get paid on their next contract because right now that position finds itself in a difficult situation. Joe and Amber, the podcast.